Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side, your life coach, your family coach, all kinds of coaching here going on. Today, we are at the Wilkinson Center at Brigham Young University, wrapping up a week of Education Week. Uh, Now, if you don't know much about Education Week at Brigham Young University, you're in for a treat. About 20,000 people gather on the campus of Brigham Young University, and they start going, and they go to classes, and they're trying to be educated. They're trying to learn about families and life and education and skills and tools. They try to get everything that they can for one straight week to go back and to live a healthy, happy, productive life. And we're broadcasting from there today. In fact, about a 1,000 different classes have been on campus throughout the week. And as we kind of... uh, wrap up our show and and this is our final show here we are going to be um, talking about parenting taking all of the skills the tools that you've learned while going through education week and we're going to put them together today now uh, what better way to do this than to bring on a couple of guests parents themselves Teresa Lamitz and Liz Sanders welcome to the show thank Thank you man now a little bio on a few of them Teresa is from Wyoming how many kids, Teresa? I have five, three boys and two girls. Five kids raised in the cold winds of Wyoming. <laughs> yes. On the barren open plains of oh, Wyoming. Oh, yes, yeah. Barren open plains, <laughs> that's it. So we're, you, we're out there in a, in a sod hut still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, uh, probably igloos. Do they bring igloos down to Wyoming? No, they haven't gotten there yet, but I'm sure the Inuit are planning on it. They'll get it down there. And also Liz Sanders. Now, Liz Sanders is a very special mother. Oh, I am. Thank um, you. Because she is the mother of our executive producer, That's Rob. true. Without him, there'd be no show. Well, yes, there would be no show. There'd be a lot of things that we wouldn't have without Robbie. Uh, we like to call him Robbie. It's not. It just makes him seem younger. Um, <laughs> so, Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. You too, Teresa. You ready for this? We're going to give you a little quiz. Okay. Have you ever heard of helicopter parents? I have. They're the ones that hover. I'm married to one. Are you? Yes, I am. Well, Rob said you might be one because you're still following them around at work. <laughs> no, I just happen to be here for education. <laughs> okay. That's a- Rob. You'll have to take Rob out on that one. I will. Because that was his idea. I didn't want to say it because I think you're wonderful people. So here's the deal. Helicopter parents, parents that maybe get too involved, too overly involved, We've put together a test for you to see if you are a helicopter parent. And we will actually, you'll hear a chime. You won't hear it, but we'll let you know if you're right or wrong. Um, There's only really one right answer to these. If you're a helicopter parent, we will know it. And if we know it, then we'll all understand why Rob is the way he is. Oh, good. I'm glad I can learn. (laughs) He's cute as can be. Okay, here's your test. All right. We'll We'll go one each, okay? And then we'll probably have a round where you'll have to probably fight it out. Um, the the death round we call that. How often? Okay, well, we'll start with you. How about Liz? Liz, let's start with you because sure. you just like to have fun. Absolutely. Um, first of all, how often do you communicate with your student on the phone or via email? A once a week. B two or three times a week. C once a day. Or D six times a day, maybe more. You lose track. What does it count when they contact me? They're more sure. helicopter children. Are they? Mm-hmm. Oh, could they that are. be such a thing? Oh, I believe children should be independent and on their own. Wow. Yeah. That is so not Rob. Yeah. No. Is it? No, that's <laughs> I didn't totally say Rob. which of the children. So uh, so you you probably, how often would you say? A couple you, times a week. A couple times a week. Mm-hmm. So you're a B. Okay. 
Bing. That's good. What would you have said? My parent, my kids live at home, so I contact them at least every oh, day. Oh, Teresa, you need to let them go. I would like them to. But they won't leave. It's Wyoming, Mom. That's Where right. am I going? For crying out loud. Good. Question number two. How much input do you have in your students' course selection at school? So when they go away to school, how much uh, input should you have? A, you're available to talk about it. B, you have a standing appointment before each semester to discuss his or her options. C, you must get your approval. They must, your student must get their approval, your approval, before registration day. Or D, you study the course selection on the website and completely arrange your student's schedule. <laughs> we'll start. We'll start with you, Teresa. A. A. Have you ever Have you ever done your kids' uh, what's it called schedule? No, not yeah, no, since they hit, even, even in junior high, they got to choose. Did they ever get out of junior high because their choices? They did, but we have a, a deal that they can do what they want pretty much as long as they are straight-A students. Oh, my heavens. Does that mean they can stay in Wyoming with you and Dad as long as they want? No, we'll leave. <laughs> okay. You have a choice, too, don't you? How about you? Did you ever do Rob's schedule? No, because I don't know that much about what he was studying. My other son, graduate in economics, is now in law school. Wow. My daughter is studying cellular and molecular biology. Wow. And I wouldn't have a clue. So I and, don't and, know what I would have done. And Rob's producing radio. He is. But you know what? He's a stud. Hi, Rob. Um, he's going to kill me for this. Okay, number three. Your student has just fa been found responsible for minor conduct violation. What do you do? A. Okay, Liz, you'll start this one. Oh, good. You take headache medication and discuss with your student the consequences of inappropriate behavior. B. You show up on your student's doorstep. C. You call the college president. You pay a lot of tuition, darn it. Your kid should be let off the hook. Or D. You call Alan Dershowitz and you print up free Jenny t-shirts or free Robbie t-shirts. I would do E because I would send him to talk to you. Oh, if it was Matt, I mean, if it yeah. was Rob, I'd hand, send him to Matt. You know, I'm working on Rob every day. And we appreciate it. Doesn't it. seem to help. So you wouldn't call the top-notch uh, attorney in the country to free him. Well, I have a son in law school. I guess I could wait a couple years. Wait a couple years. Yeah. He could go to jail for a couple years. How about you, Teresa? What would you say? No, they're they're responsible for their own decisions right. and their own consequences. See, you guys aren't you guys aren't helicopter parents. Told you. It's happening. One more. Do you wait up for your teen to come home when they are out at night with friends? A, yes. B, no. D, C, sometimes. Uh, D, I don't know. I don't think my child has friends. Oh. Are you asking me? I am, Liz. Oh, it's my turn. Careful. Um, I go to bed, and I don't worry about them because I know that they have a father who yeah. is listening Rob, for them. Yeah, he'll take care of it. Your husband, he'll, yeah. he's the hoverer. So That's I don't good. need to. Teresa, how about you? No, we both go to bed, actually. Do you really? <laughs> well, after a certain age, if they don't know the rules and the consequences by then. See, you know what? You guys don't love your children. If you loved your children, you would hover more. No. Okay. Well, these, <laughs> are, these are my answers. My children's answers might be different. That's true. <laughs> you know yeah. what? These are great. So are you guys going to stick with us? Because we're going to be talking to an expert about uh, not helicopter parenting, but how to, what's the difference between leading your family and managing them? Is there a difference? I think so. 
There's a class on it that I haven't taken yet. He's here today joining us. Kevin Miller will be back after this break. We're going to be talking about uh, whether you're a managing kind of parent, creating a management environment, or whether you're leading your family and your children into the world and the future, that uh, a stronger life going forward. That's what we're talking about on the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back after this break right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. BYU Radio is your home for Cougar sports. And after each weekend's action, don't miss True Blue. Each week, join hosts Dave McCann and the entire True Blue team as they bring you highlights, analysis, and interviews from all the major BYU sports. New episodes air every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time with repeats Tuesdays at 12.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Here on the home of Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. BYU Radio is the home of the Cougars. Rise up and become a corporate sponsor today. For more information, call 801-422-1448 or email support at byu.edu. An artist's passion for music is born when the desire to create beauty is planted within them. Witness the stories behind the passion and performances on The Song That Changed My Life, Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU-TV. For regular updates on BYU Radio programming, sports, and other behind-the-scenes news, follow BYU Radio on Twitter. Just search for BYU Radio, hit follow, and enjoy our tweets on news, live updates on shows, and much more. Talk about good. This episode of The Matt Townsend Show was recorded previously. Welcome back, everybody, to The Matt Townsend Show. We are uh, broadcasting live from the Wilkinson Center at Brigham Young University during Education Week here on campus. Again, Education Week is where... People from all over the country, about uh, 20,000 people come to sit down with educators, teachers, speakers, and to start learning everything they can learn about life. They learn about families. uh, They learn about how to learn. They learn a bunch of different tools and skills just to kind of, you know, lift their lives up as well as spiritual principles and, and other tools and things. And we've been bringing on different guests and speakers throughout the week. And today we've got a doozy for you, a wonderful man. Kevin R. Miller is joining us now. Uh, Kevin Miller, is uh, he's been an officer in the military. He's, he really, he, he's, he's kind of the renaissance guy. He's created everything. <laughs> he does everything. He works for the Franklin Covey Company as a senior uh, consultant with them. He's worked with organizations like Conoco, Boeing, Novell, Toyota, huge organizations like that. And maybe more importantly, uh, he, he actually knows how to take these principles and, and bring them back down to family, back down to how to be a healthy person and have a healthier family and life. He was one of the speakers during Education Week. Actually, he had a lot of different topics. So, Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. It's great to be here. I'm you enjoying. were all over the place. You had a ton of topics. Yeah, I did. I did it on stress management. We'll talk about joy tomorrow night. I did a program on how to teach adults creatively. And wow. Wow. 
And then this series I'm doing, um, the last hour is on parent leadership and how to lead our families rather than manage our families, which kind of fits into yeah. the question you were asking earlier. Well, and that's what I want to get into because it seems like, I, I don't know that anyone distinguishes or makes a difference between mm-hmm. managing and leading. Mm-hmm. So when you say like, oops, family leadership, what, what do you mean by that? Or family management. What's the difference? Well, there's a big difference, you know, and I think this is a question that's been echoing since the beginning of time. You know, what is leadership? What is management? I remember Stephen R. Covey, who had been a dear friend of mine for many years. You know, he know, he passed away three weeks ago. But he used to say most organizations are overmanaged and underled. Yeah. And as I go out into the world, I see this. I see organizations that are trying to control people. You know, I think... Uh, I sometimes will say this, that you manage trucks, you manage budgets, you, rant, you manage things, right. you lead people. Because the bottom line is people don't like to be managed. The word managed comes from mandible. You know, I'm going to finger yeah. you. I'm going to yeah. control you. you that know? seems wrong. And one of my most hated terms is human resource management. <laughs> we have resources that we're going to manage. Yeah. People hunger to be led. And and and, there, and there's this fundamental difference between those two. Well, and in the family, it seems even more so, right? Like, yes. I mean, we hear people all the time talking about how do I get my kids to do this? How do I get right. them to do that? That very concept seems like a management kind of a concept. How do I get somebody to do? Right, right. You know, it seems like I guess I could force you. I could yell. <laughs> I could yeah. coerce. But, you know, people resist force, you know. They always say that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if I put force on someone, they're going to force back. And actually, we really want our children. In essence, when you think about it, we do not want failure to launch. You know, right. 29-year-olds living in your basement yeah. while mom does laundry for them. Right. So the fact that children do strive to have more control in their lives is a natural evolution of their social and mental development. So what we want to do is have power with them. Now, let me, let me tell you what I, one of the things I often write up on the board with my clients is management is power over people. Leadership is power with people. Right. So fundamentally, a parent manager is trying to have power over their children, my way or the highway, control. It's a different paradigm, and we know what a paradigm is. It's a mental map. It's the way of thinking. Yeah. To become a parent leader, you have to shift that and say, Rather than power over my children, I'm going to have power with my children. Right. And this requires a different skill set, a mindset, a skill set, and a tool yeah. set. Well, and it's um, I, that's probably where we're so under-tooled is, A, our, our mindset, the paradigm of it, is right. maybe more of control. And maybe that's because we kind of think we own them. Yeah, you know, they came do. from us. We fairly, we pretty much bought them. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. We, we. Bill we, Cosby used to say, "I brought you into the world, right. and take I you take out." Take you yeah. out. It's uh, <laughs> so. I wonder if that doesn't impact us. Um, but then I think you're right too. We lack the tools. We don't know right. what we're doing. So today, I mean, when you teach your classes on um, leadership versus management, what are some of the skills you're talking about? Well, I guess I want to get into them. I also want to know why. Where 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 do we lose these? Why don't we know these things? I mean, it seems intuitive. Yeah, it does. You know, and it's interesting. But we tend to parent the way we were parented. And if we go back in time, maybe well, I've never been a proponent that control ever worked with human beings. But my dad and my grandparents and yours were raised in an environment where, you know, my way or the highway, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Right. But we have to recognize that today is changing. The world today is different than it's ever been. People have access to information. Information's coming at them faster. Right. They have to make decisions quicker. 
So the old go to mom and dad or go to the boss for tell me what to do thing is no longer viable. Oh, yeah. So what we need to do is create a new system where we can jointly use this information toward a common objective. So one way to define leadership is the art of influencing others towards accomplishing a mutual objective. So if parents, if, for instance, it's only my objective for you to clean your room, I can pull out the power, do it, or you get grounded, do it. We use carrots and stick. And Stephen Covey called this the great theory of human motivation. You put a carrot in front of them, a stick behind them. Yeah, and beat, 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 draw, 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 yeah. But instead, what we want to do is co-create a vision. Because leadership is ultimately about co-creating a family mission statement or a company mission statement. I work with organizations all around the world to create these things. And then aligning the systems of the family or the business to accomplishing this. But it has to be a process of, of... of everything. Uh, let me tell you a little example yeah. since you were wanting tools. There was a mother who I know that had um, five or six children, and she was always uh, setting, okay, Susie, you got dishes on Monday. Billy, you got dishes on Tuesday, da 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 da. And it never worked. She was trying to control them with a schedule. Right. There was always a weenie excuse, I call it. Oh, I got scouts. I got this. I got that. So either she, they either didn't do it to standard, meaning the dishes were done half. Right. Or she ended up doing them and hating and resenting the children. Oh, yeah, being children. mad at everybody. Right. So she started thinking about it differently and says, why don't we do it as a family? The paradigm shifted. So listen to what she does. She takes an egg timer and she sets it on five minutes. When the meal is over, everybody has five minutes to work as a team to get the kitchen perfect. Now, she has coached them what that looks like. Yeah. Okay. And so she goes, go. Tick, 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 tick. Now, if they do it before it dings, she puts $3 in a can or an IOU. And at the end of the month, they have $91 that they have earned together to go to dinner and a movie. So they pick the movie. Hey, we're going to go to Madagascar 3, and we're going to go out to eat at Pizza Hut. How awesome is that? Now, listen to how it's worked. This is amazing. Okay. So the children jump into action. And if one is gone for a legitimate reason, everybody else still has to keep the standard. Right. And she says, Kevin, do you believe that a family of six can completely clean, polish a kitchen in five minutes? And I go, well, yeah, if they work together and they have a common goal. Well, what happened was um, about two months in, or the kids came to her and says, hey, if, you go to, if we go to three minutes, will you go to $5? And she goes, you can't do it in three minutes. She says, yes, we've worked it out. We know it. We can do it. We can beat it. <laughs> so she says, if you go to four, I'll go to four. So, so the kids now set the timer. Boom, it's done. She says, I don't even participate. I just stand back and smile and watch the family work together. The kitchen, it dings. Everybody does a high five. The kitchen looks great. You know, she says, I wouldn't tell them this. She says, I'd give 10 bucks <laughs> to have the kitchen yeah. shining in five minutes. Right. And to have the family feel. Yeah. Now, see, that's leadership. Leadership is creating a common vision. Where they're then, bought in. Right. These kids are so bought in. Oh, yeah. But the problem is is that a vision is not enough. You have to have systems or strategy to align with it. Right. Now, when I was a young Army officer, we were always taught hope is not a strategy. When I was in Desert Storm, hoping the enemy would not attack was not a strategy. Right. Hope is a powerful thing. It gets us up in the morning. But hope is never a strategy. Yeah. A strategy. So if you want a family that's better, you have to create a strategy or systems. Do, yeah, so what she did is she yeah. created a system yeah. that allowed the children to synergize. Yeah. And it came out of 
I mean, it came out of something deeper than just a need. It right. was a need combined with a vision of how good it could get. Correct. And then it, w- and then it created an emotional feeling. Yeah. So people feel differently in a, in a home where cooperation rules over competition. Yeah. Where instead of managing, you're leading. You know, so that's an example of it. Oh, that's beautiful. I think that's, um, I mean, it really is a perfect example of it, isn't right. it? And yeah, it's, it is. And that's, that seems so hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's hard to do in everything. Okay, so now I need him. Great, we did the that. Now I need him to mow the lawn. Right. And I need to. I so need what to, does good look like? Yeah. And what does it feel uh-huh. like? And how know? do we keep doing that? Um, why else do you think? I guess our parents just under-tooled. Is that what it is? It's just we don't know how to do this. We learn from our parents. Right. We learned their methods. Some of their methods were more control, more top-down, more force, more you do it or you get spanked, punitive. Right. And um, and now we're in this day and age where, you know, people can get a lot of information. Kids Correct. know a lot. Oh, yeah, they do. And so in a way it's more dangerous if we can't get this right. to work. Mm-hmm. And they also are more able, it seems like. If we could get it to work, we could do right. so much more. Mm-hmm. We often talk about it in the idea of a mindset, skill set, tool set. If you, the, in order to make change, you need a new mindset, but you also need a skill set and a tool set. But the hardest of those to change is the mindset. So parents that are really going to apply these ideas have to change their mindset about what parenting is all about. Right. And if they pick up their mindset from the old school, command and control, spare yeah. the rod and spoil the child, you know, kind of thing. Hey, maybe that worked 50 years ago, 100 years ago. But today there's a more powerful way to release human potential. Leadership is about release, not control. Right. You have to decide that the potential is in my family. I just need to release it, not control it. Yeah. And if you can do that, children can be more released than ever because they have more information. They're more skilled. They're more educated in many ways. Schools teaching them new things. So how do we release, not not yeah. control? Yeah. It's a mindset change. It really is. And it seems like, too, I mean, um, it is a mindset. And it's it's kind of more, in a way, it sounds more like a reverence. Mm-hmm. Like I have a reverence for you. Correct. Exactly. I'm not trying to get it out of you, beat it out of you. I'm trying to just kind of honor you. Right. And let it happen. Correct. Um, I kind of call it directed autonomy. What that means is is that autonomy is not going to work. Kids are going to go in a million different directions. But if it's directed autonomy, which means we have a direction and a value as a family, now I'm going to give you autonomy on how to get there. Yeah. In other words, but but there's a win-win around this. And, you know, at some time I could talk about win-win agreements and how to set them up with your children. But they're very, very powerful because you honor what is a win for you. Now what's a win for the family? How can we come up with something that's a win for both of us right. rather than I win, you lose? Right. Any, I can almost pro- promise that any parent who approaches parenting with we win, you lose, I win, you lose, may get compliance. But eventually the children will either subconsciously or consciously rebel against that. Right. Then when they leave home, they're going to say, <laughs> up, yeah. you know, and, and they're going to go their own way. So you lose power. I guess right. you gain movement. Right, right. But it's not self-directed, and it's, but it's not also long-term. So it should be additive, right? So I should be able to get results with you today yeah, without I'm, hindering my yeah. ability to do it tomorrow and get productivity. That's powerful. Well, it's all about the emotional bank account we have with our children. And you're making deposits. Emotional bank account is how much trust you have between you. 
Yeah. I make deposits in these emotional bank accounts when I honor them, respect them, uh, listen to their ideas. Um, but I make withdrawals when I don't listen, when I force, right. hurt, coerce. And the bottom line is the strength of that a deposit that we have between us will determine yeah. how well we can function. See, Trust is everything. And that's the first imperative of leadership, inspire trust. And then that grows that account. And then Correct. from that account, it gives you the latitude, the capacity to do more with these people, to say more, to say what needs to be said, when it needs to be said, to say it in a way that they'll hear it. It's right. just power. I mean, it's very efficient, isn't it? Trust, you can't. It's efficient and effective. Yes. Not, uh, Stephen M. R. Covey wrote a book called The Speed of Trust, and I would highly recommend everybody get a copy of that. He says, nothing is as fast as the speed of trust. If you have trust in a relationship, everything goes quicker and yeah. cheaper. Oh, yeah. If trust slows down, everything costs more. Yeah. And what happens is is then you you're, you're have to force. If you nag people enough, work becomes the course of least resistance. So the only way I can get you, Matt, to do something is by nagging you. Yeah, brow eventually, yeah. eventually, you will comply because it's the course of least resistance. Right. So what happens is the kids wait until they have these shades of purple. When mom's face gets to this shade, <laughs> then we do it. Then we get busy. You know. Yeah. But, hey, she's not there yet. So what, what they've done is the children are just waiting for this level of force, and, and then they'll comply. Yeah. And so I've got other examples of this that are, that are really powerful, though. No, I think that's, I think you're right on. And, and um, when we come back from the break, I really want to get into how. How do we do this? How, what are some of the tools you taught? What are some sure. of the, the skills, the solutions, the things that we need to know as parents? The handbook, really, because um, it's, oh, it's hard. It's hard, oh, yeah. and it's an important win. We've got to figure out the win-win, don't we? Yeah, this is what I call easy say, hard do. <laughs> this is it. We can talk about it yeah. on the radio station here. And yet I also have found that just like that woman found with that simple change, she changed everything. Yeah. So sometimes the tools are easier than we think if we yeah. think differently. I, so I, I totally agree. I also think um, it's, it's in the simplicity. There's so much beauty you know, once you've kind of made it through the complexity, it becomes simple again. And, yeah. Uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes says, I wouldn't give a fig for the simplicity on the near side of complexity, but I'd give my right arm for the simplicity on the far side of complexity. Right. Love that quote. Hey, good stuff. We're going to be Great. back with Kevin Miller right after this break. We're learning how to be parent leaders, how to lead our family into the into the better lives, better history, better future. And uh, we're going to come back after this break right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. (sighs) Parenting can be a tricky business. And we all know families don't come with a handbook. That's why we can learn from world-traveling family coaches, the Ayers. Join the Ayers on the Road for family, parenting, and general life advice Monday through Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. This episode of the Matt Townsend Show was recorded previously.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, recording live from the Wilkinson Center on BYU campus. We're just enjoying the Education Week here on campus, and uh, we've been talking about parenting and the power of a parent leader, the impact one parent can have on us. And one of our producers, Catherine, has gone out and has put together a little bit of a, a, uh, a vignette, a featurette, we call it here on the show, where she's talking about a lesson her mother taught her. Now, parents are often our biggest cheerleaders, we know, but what happens when even our parents tell us that we're going to fail? My mother is awesome. She is my cheerleader and the best demotivational speaker I've ever heard. That's right. As backwards as it may seem, motivation can come from being told, you are going to fail. You can't be successful. When I was a senior in high school, I decided to take an AP calculus class. This particular class would give me a whole year of college calculus credit as long as I passed the exam. It sounded like a pretty good deal to me getting calculus out of the way before the stress and pressures of college started. So I signed up for the class. About halfway through the year, I realized calculus was not my strength, and I began to struggle. The tests were difficult, and the homework took forever. My mother, very worried about my grades and my overall stress level, began urging me to stop the class. She would say, Catherine, I don't think this class is for you. There is no way you will pass the exam if you are struggling with the material now. You are going to fail. I must admit, these words hurt. I wanted to hear from my mom that I was a brilliant student, that I could accomplish anything I put my mind to. I didn't get that response. Instead, I was told that I would fail. Though this may seem an odd tactic, my mother's demotivational speech actually spurred me on to do better. I was a teenager and I loved proving people wrong, especially my mom. So I continued to struggle through the course and my mom continued her demotivational speeches. Finally, the exam came. When I got my scores back, I was delighted to see that I had passed. I had effectively proven my mother wrong. Now, I'm not advocating never being an encouraging parent. I knew my mother wanted me to succeed, so proving to her that I could do something hard worked. I think given enough passion, self-confidence, and drive, being told that you will fail can be motivating. Sometimes the idea of proving those naysayers wrong is more powerful than being told that you can succeed. After all, it worked for me. I don't think that without my mother's demotivational speeches, I would have had the courage and the drive to complete this difficult task. So, next time someone tells you that you will fail, take it as a personal challenge to rise to the occasion and make a triumph out of a disaster. Okay, so another great example from one of our wonderful producers about the impact of parenting. Now, that could have gone both ways with Catherine. It did uh, motivate her to do so well, but it also could have made her a failure and made her feel like a failure forever. She could have lost everything and never finished a test and then, you know, just, I don't know, been a, the bane of her mother's existence. But she did a great job with that. And uh, now we're going to be talking again to Kevin Miller, our guest, one of the speakers here at Education Week. 
Kevin is uh, just has an incredible background, a senior consultant with Franklin Covey Company, an extended um, active duty Army officer experience. So he, he knows what it's like to lead people into war, has gone to war, mm. and also knows what it's like to lead a family into a healthier life. He's worked with top-level organizations like Toyota and Conoco, uh, Fortune 500 companies. He's um, really just got some great stuff. And as a as a trainer and a speaker here on the campus uh, at Education Week, he he's really hit about every topic you can hit. So, <laughs> Kevin, welcome fun. back to the Thank show. Thank you. It's good to be back, Matt. So now we were talking before the break about these how you got to have the mindset you got to have the skills as a parent Mm -hmm. and you got to have the tools um it's pretty complex so fill us in on what are some of the tools that are just there that are obvious to parents that we probably need to be working out more and and getting better used to i think one of the tools is for us to become sensitive to the emotional realm of the family the family culture that's created when we had our first child 33 years ago, my wife co- counted cross-stitch something on the wall that says, they may not remember what you said, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Oh, interesting. And yeah. I think about that as a father. My children will not remember everything that my father, that I said to them. Right. But my children will always remember how I made them feel. Yeah. And so effective parenting is about understanding that the emotional domain of people is very powerful. And if we can get that aligned with where we want to go, It's very powerful. The second thing is the power of a family mission statement or a vision. We co-created a family mission statement 30 years ago, I think it was. We let the children create it with us. It was on our refrigerator. It was on the walls of the children so that they knew that the Miller family stood for something. Yeah. And and that we were all for one and one for all, kind of that three musketeers thing. Right. And so what we want is interdependency. We don't want just independent children doing their own thing. We want interdependency, where the family culture is about synergy and about coming together. Now, I've got an interesting... So, But it's not enough to have a mission statement. I work with companies every week trying to help them get their mission statements straight. And yet only 15% of people in the world even know the mission statement of the company they work for. Because the mission statement hasn't been brought into life through changed structures and reinforcements it's more like a technique isn't it it's like a so so let me give you an example of a mother that that did something amazing and you could apply this across the board in a lot of things she had this thing where she wanted the children to clean their rooms and so she'd say go clean your room and they they'd come out three minutes later did you clean the room (laughs) yes she'd go in there you know this is not clean clean. you know and and she was always arguing with them and it was a big miserable thing So she decided to help them understand the vision of a clean room. So she sat down with them, and she worked with each child separately, made it really fun, and got their room perfect. And she helped them feel, why is the room better clean? Why does it feel better? You can Uh, find things. See, the children had to connect themselves emotionally to the value of a clean room. And I think everybody loves a clean room. Kids may not say it, but teenagers can find their stuff and so forth. So this is what she did. She took a digital camera and she went around and made pictures of the room when it was perfect oh wow dresser click floor click tool you know yeah toy box click clickety clickety click then she put these pictures in full color on the back of a poster on their board that said clean room so now we know what clean clean looks looks like like. okay and yet they had co-created clean right it wasn't her standard it was they worked on it together so then she said if your room looks like this by noon on Saturday, 
I will come in and place your allowance on your pillow. If it <laughs> and looks, it will look like this. If it looks like this. <laughs> That's right. I'll look at the door. Look at the, If it doesn't look like this, then I keep your allowance in mom's fun fun. And I will use it for makeup and movies. Brilliant. Win for me. Yeah. You don't get your allowance. This is the That's consequence. Right. You choose. Yeah. Okay. And I own your carcass for two hours of hard labor, like clean the garage <laughs> or whatever. But I'm not going to remind you. You know the standard Love and you know it. what it is. Now, guess what happened? She says, Kevin, I don't argue with the kids. I go in on Saturday. She says, I see my little five-year-old looking at the door and fixing her dresser. Yeah. Look, moves the stuffed animal one inch to the right or left. Then they get their allowance. I don't argue with them. And she says, I know that I really won when my 11-year-old was cleaning her 14-year-old brother's room for him, looking at his picture and making his room look right. Right. And she said, what are you doing? And she says, well, Johnny called from scout camp. He said if I would clean his room for him, he'd split his allowance. (laughs) So motivated. Yeah, and she could do it because the the standard was reproducible. See, that's the key. And if you think about that, that that, that takes time. That takes a purpose. That takes the paradigm shift. That, right. But those are kids that are truly motivated. I mean, those are they're getting it done anyway. And right. imagine what they're going to be as they're adults once they kind of are now even self-selecting their own goals, their own dreams. Right, and I think they could feel that it feels better emotionally not yeah. to have mom upset with us. Love it takes that. us 15 minutes to clean the room. Now I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Yeah. So, I think... Uh, that's the spirit of it, really. In the end, is this idea that there's something that feels so. Every concept has a feeling. Right. Every goal has right. a feeling, and I, I think that's it. I mean, if to have a mission that you don't feel, mm-hmm. it's not a mission. To have a statement that's no. handed to you that you don't recognize. I call it framed whatever. Yeah. Stephen Covey called it framed. It's whatever framed on a wall doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So she created a system that got her the vision that she wanted, a clean home. Yeah. But she connected it to the children's getting a win, too. Yeah. It's a win-win. It's not yeah. a win-win. In fact, lose. it was their win. Right. I mean, it's one thing to make it your win, but if it's not their win, they'll never buy into it. They'll never give you time of day. Exactly. I mean, we've all tried that. How many of us have tried to move our children, have tried to get our children to do something? <laughs> And it's really still our pushing motivation. a wet noodle, you know, yeah, just whatever. Exactly. Plus, what happens is all the the power in the home is coming from the parents. What you want is to empower your children towards a common vision, so that there's shared power. Right. And shared power is much more powerful than just me having the power alone. Yeah. And it is it is respectful and it works. These kinds of systems work mm-hmm. because they're principle based and and so forth. Now, somebody once said. You may not have chosen your parents, but every day you choose the kind of parents your children have. That's neat. So it doesn't matter how you were raised. You can choose what kind of parents your children have. Right. So try to do things differently. Find new ways. To well, think imagine the day that these kids now come back to mom and dad knowing that you can negotiate. Right. That there's a, there's a way. There's a method. There's a system here. And the system is mom's win and my win, and together these two wins can create whatever I want. I right. can get whatever I want with mom and dad if I work together with them. I mean, that's a shift. Correct. Instead of I've got to use mom, trick mom, hide from mom, not let mom know stuff. That's not right. going to work long term. Interestingly, I think sometimes parents are more dependent on their children than the children are on the parents. That's why people are helicopter parents. 
because they're dependent on how their kid turns out, and they've got to da 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 da. Sooner or later, we have to become independent right. of our children's choices, so that right. we can become interdependent with them. I love that. And you know, it's you so know, it's independent meaning able to do it with. I don't need to have them. I can right. do it myself. I just interdependent. I'd rather do it with with them. you yeah. exactly. And everybody gets that. So we're trying to yeah. build that in the home. That's good. See, I think that in the home of all places is where we need it. I mean, yeah. it's one thing to teach these things to corporations. It's another to teach it to our military. I mean, the Army needs it. The Navy needs it. We all mm-hmm. need it. And maybe most importantly, we need it at home. We need our we need our family to get this idea. We need Right, it. and you know, when I was a young lieutenant, I was taught that leadership is the greatest force multiplier on the battlefield. When you put leadership into anything, it's a force multiplier. And we've got to remember that we're at battle with our families. There are many forces trying to destroy the family, yeah. destroy our relationships. So leadership is a force multiplier. And it is a it is a powerful thing when we bring the power of leadership to bear. And all of a sudden, the culture of the family changes. And these things take time, and they take new tools and skills. But there's a lot of things out there, books like How to Raise an Emotionally Healthy Child by by Gottman. Yeah. You know, there's so many ways to do it. We're living in a good age. There's a lot of tools out there. When you think about it, Mm -hmm. all the resources, all the tools, and we've talked about it during the week just here at Education Week. The, the resources are at your fingertips. Right. You just got to get curious as a parent. You've got to start figuring out there's other ways to do this. So uh, excellent stuff, Kevin. We're going to come back with you. We're talking to Kevin Miller, a um, who is a speaker here at Education Week and is a consultant, a leadership consultant with Franklin Covey Company, also has his own company and is out there actively trying to to impact the lives of others. In fact, you can get more information about Kevin at visionbound.com. Visionbound.com uh, is just a it's just a location where you can find out all about Kevin, his keynotes, his workshops. We'll be back with him. And a, one more question, just as I want him to think about, is what's your final challenge, Kevin? If you're going to leave our listeners one challenge, one thing that they should focus on as a parent to start being a leader, where would you suggest they start going? We'll talk about that when we come back to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. BYU Radio is your home for Cougar sports. And after each weekend's action, don't miss True Blue. Each week, join hosts Dave McCann and the entire True Blue team as they bring you highlights, analysis, and interviews from all the major BYU sports. New episodes air every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time with repeats Tuesdays at 12.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Here on the home of Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. The Kennedy Center's Global Awareness Lecture invites international diplomats, scholars, and talented individuals to speak on issues affecting the global community. The big problem is not Russia and the United States. What worries me is some of these rogue countries with their crazy dictators. Increase your global awareness, enjoy the insights of extraordinary speakers, and keep up with the world around you by tuning in to Notes from the Kennedy Center, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
What song changed my life? There are a lot of songs that have changed my life. It's a totally brutal question to try and answer. Every musician has that one song that changed their life. Join Tony Award winner Leia Solanga, American Idol finalist Brooke White, and more of your favorite artists as they explore their lives before and after they heard that one song that changed everything. Watch The Song That Changed My Life, Monday nights at 7.30 on BYU-TV. Travel the musical road of American history on Highway 89 Scenic Byway. With music from talented musicians from BYU campus and across the globe, Highway 89 brings you the best performances from classical to jazz and folk to rock. Tune in for a musical journey with Highway 89 at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. This episode of The Matt Townsend Show was recorded previously. Welcome back, everybody, to The Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping up our uh, final day, final interview on uh, Education Week here at Brigham Young University. It's been a wonderful week for all of us. And, uh, again, to me, what I've loved about Education Week is just learning from all of these experts Getting a hand and a handle on some of the, some of the, just the more finer points, I think, of being a father, being a parent, being a human here on the face of the earth. And so, so appreciate all those that have dropped by our booth as we've been doing this. And I appreciate Kevin Miller, who's joining us as we wrap up the show. Um, so Kevin, again, is an expert in um, leadership. He works for uh, the Fra- uh, Franklin Covey Company, a leadership organization. Uh, a military officer. He's been a he's a father. He's the author of uh, a book called Real World Customer Service Strategies That Work. He's a speaker extraordinaire. He worked uh, and did a great uh, bunch of workshops here at Education Week. So, Kevin, as we're wrapping it up, and you think about parent leadership and how we lead our families uh, into the future. What, what do we need to make sure we're focusing on? What are the keys? I think it's, if it really boils down to it, it's believing in the latent value, worth, and power of your children and figuring out a way to bring them together to create, to co-create a family culture. Yeah. And that the children need to realize that they're part of it just as you are. And one way to do that is to create a family mission statement. And by the way, if you email me through my website, I have a work packet. I'd be happy to send you on how to create a family mission statement. It's not something the parents can create and hand out. It yeah. has to be something. Here you go, I, kids. I remember my three-year-old, she wouldn't rest until the family mission statement had the word pets in it because that was the most important <laughs> thing. As long as pets was in the family mission statement, she was cool with Isn't it, right? But then you have to return. You get the children to believe in this, that, that being a part of a family is something powerful that they have an identity. I'm a member of the Townsend family, the Miller family, the Smith family. And what does that mean? And help them connect with the past. What would my grandfather stand oh, for? Neat. What did, you know, what is it that made our family great? So that, because if they don't have an identity in the family, they'll get it somewhere else. Yeah. From their peers, from a gang, right. you name it. But if being a part of this family means something, and uh, my sister created a flag that they flew on every family birthday and anniversary. You could tell when something was happening because there was a family something flag special. out. Yeah, something special. But, I mean, think of how much that's going to matter later. I mean, right. that flag at a funeral 
Oh, yeah. It's going to be so valuable. There we are. Or we, that family mission. We made this, you yeah. know. And then shed the idea that parenting is about control. And think of parenting as release. And always ask yourself, how can we co-create what we want here? That will be a win for the children as well as for us. And this is not wimpiness. This is power. Power with people is better than power over them. Oh, yeah. Power over them will only last as long as you're there. Power with them will last for generations. That's right. And that's really what we're trying to do. Is that's do what this. it's about, right. isn't it? Is it uh, yeah. That's what creates... It creates this empowered thing. It's interesting as you sit there, it's about release. I sit there and I think how hard it is for some parents to let their kids go. And it's only hard to let them go if you've never let them go. Right. But if you've been letting them go every time. Mm -hmm. uh, My mother had a plaque that said, there's only two lasting things we leave our children. One is roots and one is wings. So in other words, we give them roots, but we give them wings. Yeah. And ultimately, also, remember that the children will leave the nest and the remaining family will be you and your spouse. And that is the family unit because children will move off and create their own yeah. families. And so sooner or later, we have to look at our, like my wife and I, when we became empty nesters a few years ago, we had to redefine our mission as a couple. Yeah. Did now, of course, pets? we still have gra six grandchildren <laughs> and children and all that stuff. But we got to remember that we have a legacy yeah. of our own now. Yeah. And not to be emotionally tied to the children's choices. Yeah. Let them fly. Let them fall out of the nest. Let them get bruised. Don't protect them from everything. But they also need to know that they are loved. And that love is unconditional. It's not, it isn't based upon what they do or don't do. It's unconditional. And sure. they can always come home for that love. Powerful. Powerful stuff with Kevin R. Miller. Kevin, where can they get a hold of you if they want to find out more about you? Yeah, probably email me through www.visionbound.com or email me directly at kevin at visionbound.com. It's powerful and stuff. And I'm happy to share ideas. I've got a lot of tools I share willingly with people and uh, do courses and workshops for organizations around the world. Great. Good stuff. Kevin R. Miller uh, wrapping it up with us. As we wrap up the entire week, the show, we so appreciate him. We appreciate all of our guests that have joined us. We also appreciate Brigham Young University for hosting Education Week and uh, for opening up our minds, our hearts, and our spirits through this great week. There are so many things out there. We hope you felt uh, some motivation, a desire to be more, a desire to learn more. Uh, to give back to your community, to your family. Life is good, no matter how hard it seems, no matter how uh, wrapped up we all feel, no matter how down and out and downtrodden you feel, life is good. There is goodness out there. Uh, even if you can't find it in anyone else, it's in yourself, and we believe it's up in heaven as well. So thanks for listening to us, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're here Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern Time, replayed again 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And uh, always, please uh, remember who you are and go be the best you. Okay? Thanks for listening. You're listening to Matt Townsend on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
think the pain is here to stay And I might not make it back You remind me I think it's one of those mysteries We're not meant to figure out You'll be there when I need you most I have no doubt Even when my thoughts are far from you Even when I wander from the truth You are always there beside me Yeah Every time I try and walk alone Thinking I can make it on my own And I fall when I Thank you. 
HD2 Provo. Today's Thinking Aloud originally aired in 2012.